What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl, Teresa, and we are back with another episode of Culture Versus Kingdom. We just ended our last segment, which was toxicity in the Black community, and it went out without a hitch. We are so thankful to be able to have a conversation about things that affect us day to day. And now we are going to be jumping into godly supernatural versus divination. I'm sure some of y'all are like, what is divination? Divination by dictionary definition is the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. Divination is the attempt to gain insight into a question or situation by the way of an occultic standardized process or ritual. So if I could really sum it up for you, it's all the new age spirituality stuff you've been seeing, talking to your ancestors, fortune tellings, tarot card readings, witchcraft, all that stuff. So we will be getting into it now. And without further ado, come and join us on this two-part journey of us really talking about things that are very prevalent in our generation. All right, without further ado, can we get a roll call? What's good, y'all? My name is Devin Funderburg. Hi, I'm John. Hey, y'all. I'm Asia Monet. Hey, guys. I am Alana Okupu-Rice. Hi, I'm Jared. Hi, I'm Rukia. And, and we, we are, are the Rices. When I think of uh, Supernatural, um, even when, like, I like to kind of, like, look at definitions and separate words um, because it is a compound word. So there's super and there's natural. Um, The first thing that, you know, I, you know, did research on was the word super. And a part of the definition of super means to be above, right, or to be uh, over or beyond. Um, And so when you also look at the word natural, when I'm thinking about natural, I'm thinking about us as humans, us in the physical world that we live in, right? So then if you put it together, uh, and when you put it together, you're thinking like above the physical world or beyond the physical world which we live in, yeah? And so that's where that word like supernatural together is basically just talking about the spirit realm, right? And so then when you put the word godly in front of it, it's just saying the portions or the the aspects of the spiritual realm that are God-ordained, that God is moving through, that God has, has his hand on. And then when you look at, like, the other side of it, it's the things that, you know, God did not, you know, ordain or God did not, you know, set into motion that um, are perverted or, you know, whatever the case may be, demonic. Um, I believe godly supernatural is the works in which God does uh, within the earth that, how do I say, that are inexplainable, right? The things that happen. I would say almost, so we have the actual, like the evidence of the supernatural, the natural, and then the supernatural. So some of the supernatural works that come to mind with God is when it was in the Old Testament, you know, when he used a donkey to talk, when uh, the burning bush that didn't burn up, right? When he parted the Red Sea, right? Uh, Those are some of the things that come up when Jesus, you know, turned water into wine, right? So those are like godly supernaturals. They have evidence in today, you know, um, backed up with scripture too, where people have 
not actually physically died, right? Elijah was taken straight up to heaven, right? Um, where people have teleported from place to place, right? These are things that by God's spirit, by God's hand, right? That things we couldn't do out of our own physical might, right? That we would need God to do for us. Um, I can bring up some scriptures to specifically talking about, you know, some of the works that God has did. When I think about godly supernatural, I even think about the Holy Spirit. Think about how the Holy Spirit comes and leads you and guides you when the word talks about like, you know, fire being shot up in your bones, like even that, that's the spirit, like taking over your body and acts and you being a vessel. That's even like that versus like, um, it makes me think about like an exorcism. Like when the evil, like when somebody has an evil spirit, um, that's what I'm like the guy that came up to Jesus that was in the tomb, uh, that was chained up and nobody could subdue him. And then Jesus cast out uh, the demons and sent them to the pigs that drowned and everything. So it makes me think about, that's exactly what I think about actually. So it's like the spirit that that had him wasn't godly, but they even still, you know, recognize Jesus. And I think um, like the Holy Spirit in us, it, it, it is, it's supernatural. It's our supernatural advantage. Do you believe or do you think that it's beneficial to participate in yoga um, or tarot cards or uh, praying to your ancestors or asking your ancestors for guidance? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. For several reasons. I think that, like Jared said, we, we take these things very lightly, but those are the foothold of the enemy because if, if if you know the kingdom of darkness is not coming i always say this as two horns you know on his head and dressed up in red he's coming sneaky disguised as light so things like psychic readings and and the bible is plain and simple scriptures that talk about staying away from psychic readings right from that's tarot cards that's people reading you the, your future whatever that may be it talks about staying away from of substances of witchcraft. So it may not be blatantly out there that it's witchcraft, but it's definitely witchcraft. The word of God says no, that I'm saying no. Uh, building off of what Alana said, me and Teresa were actually talking about this the other day. Um, we were talking about yoga. Uh, I, I, I think it's witchcraft just wrapped in like pretty paper and handed to you in a pretty gift wrapping because you think of like, okay, yoga, there's physical benefits, but it's rooted with chakras, which is rooted in another religion, which means like you're worshiping another God. So it's not rooted in our God. So I think, I think it's not only unbeneficial, but it's also detrimental because it's kind of taking you out. If you're rooted over here and you're trying to go over here, unrooting yourself. I just was reading a book on spiritual warfare and they were talking about yoga and I had no idea that um, it's foundation. When I think about it, um, the way it was taught to me, it was about stretching, it was about censoring yourself and it was about, you know, learning to control your breathing. But yoga was definitely something that was um, part of my thing. When I answer, you know, I'm trying to bring scripture in everything and I got the scripture. This is Deuteronomy 18, 9. When you enter into the land, the Lord your God is giving you be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering and do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery, sorcery, witchcraft, wizards, all that stuff. Um, where'd I go? Or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or functions as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things to, that the Lord, your God, will drive them out ahead of you.
Uh, but you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to display consult sorcerers and fortune tellers, but the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. I think that with yoga and with stuff like that, it's about what the, the spirit operating behind it, right? And so I can see, once again, yoga can be used as a practice for like health reasons and like, you know, working out and exercise. And once again, I'm not speaking about yoga poses, but there, when you look at the benefits of yoga outside of the demonic sense or outside of um, the influence of the spirit behind those things, you are working out. You're making sure that you have healthy bodies and fit bodies. And that's something that God wants. In order to use us on earth for longevity, we need to be healthy. We need to be able to function. Um, we need to be able to do the work of the Lord, travel. And that has to do with the health and the state of our bodies a lot of the time. So I think that there are things that it just depends on, like I said, the spirit operating behind doing those things. So people who do yoga you know, a lot of the times, are intentionally and sometimes knowingly, especially the teachers, they know the spiritual background that it comes from. And so they're opening up everyone else to that ignorantly. Um, versus like someone like me who's a dancer, if I decide to incorporate some stretches that I've seen be helpful during yoga, like I said this before, downward dog, right? Um, when I do downward dog, I'm not opening up myself or bowing down to a Hindu God, right? I understand that downward dog, it's helpful for my hamstrings. It's helpful for my Achilles tendons. Like it's certain things that it's helpful for my body when stretching, but also the spirit operating behind me is the Holy Spirit. And so I know that it's being used for good. And it's, it's something that's, once again, I don't think it's necessarily glorifying God, but I, it's beneficial for the believer because we need healthy bodies. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I would say. So about that. my question becomes my question becomes then, where is these poses coming from? Like, what's the origin of these poses? So are is downward is like the example is downward facing dog, um, is that pose from yoga? Like, is that pose from their religion? Like, it's be, it's used as that. But was it originated in their religion? Like, I would like to I would like to know that because, um, it just as far as like that's that's where my 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 um unbalance is is like stretching is one thing but the poses that they use do they use that for meditation do they you, you know how those uh those um when you walk into like uh yeah but the idols that they have sometimes sitting at the front of their store and the poses that they're in you ever seen that the poses so i thought about that too and i'm like i wonder if it originates from this because then it's originating from their religion now stretching is different like you got you as dancers you need to stretch you need to to exercise your body, you know, your body, you know, for whatever. So that's, that becomes my question. I don't know if anybody has it, like clarity on that. That becomes my question. Like, it, are those specific poses that we're that we're doing, um, whether knowingly or unknowingly, is that from their religion? First of all, we got to understand this: when you're stretching, you're stretching. That's all you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're not doing anything else. <laughs> I searched up the definite for what pose means. Pose means, I'm just break it off because um, I don't think the rest of it is important. It means to assume a particular attitude, period. You know what I'm saying? So whenever you are thinking about doing something and it has a positive, it has the right intent behind it, I think that's, that's basically you're stretching right there. Boom. I agree with what Devin said. I, there's a difference between 
stretching and posing. Let's just go ahead and, I mean, not posing. There's a difference between stretching and yoga, right? Stretching, if you're going to stretch, go stretch, right? Right? Be intentional when you're stretching. You need to stretch your body out. You need to stretch, especially if you're going to do some active activity, right? When I go out to go do any type of physical activity, I'm stretching. Yoga doesn't cross my mind. Now, if you're intentionally, you know that they're, again, they're going to have the idle shit. They're going to be saying the namaste and you're intentionally and volunteering yourself to go to those classes, right? You know what I mean? Knowing that if you're getting, I believe a lot of things go back to conviction because us as under the child of God, it says in the spirit, we're protected, right? We're protected. We know the God we serve, right? We don't say those words. You know, we don't, we don't engage in those things. Our spirit is not open for demons. But again, I also got to go and hit that. Let's not give inches as well. Right. Acknowledge your convictions and act on it. Right. And I don't honestly, like, I, I think personally, this is just Teresa. I think that there are stretch classes. There literally literally are classes where you can go and stretch. Right. And your intentions are there to go stretch. I believe that if there's a blurred line or you're even a little bit confused about it, then you probably shouldn't be going to it you know what i mean so i just did um some very thorough uh research and um so like you said it's a big difference so like there is stretching and there is yoga so i think here is an answer that um is suitable right so um using the poses that may have been attached to yoga for stretching in itself is not a bad thing. The thing where it becomes a problem is when you are doing or actually performing yoga. So when we actually really understand what yoga is, right? There are certain, um, what yoga, I think what we have to understand with yoga in itself is really, is not necessarily about a specific pose, but what's the most important thing about yoga is the sequence of poses, right? It is the, 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 the flow or the sequence of poses, right? So I'm looking it up right now, okay? And the reason why that's so important is because the, the way that you flow, like there's a specific uh, flow and sequence that makes it worship unto the actual Hindu God, which is... Um, which is called like Surya, whatever, Namaskar, whatever. They're worshiping the sun, right? It's a it's a deity um, that is based around the sun, okay? And so there is a series, right, of poses or, or yeah, there is a series of poses um, called asanas, right? Which includes poses like downward dog or like runner, like the runner stretch or like, you know, um, like the cobra poses and all of that, right? And so the thing that makes it what it is is putting those in the correct sequence and then performing them, right? And then all of this together is described as the salute to the sun, right? AKA the salute to that God. Um, and so that's what makes yoga what it is. It's the sequence of the poses in which you do them. So I said all that to say, if you are using one or two poses for stretching purposes, then you are not participating in worshiping the Hindu gods, right? You're literally just stretching. But what makes it worship unto that God is if you're doing it 
in that particular, like in those sequence or that flow, right? And so when you go to like classes, right? Where people know that stuff, or even if they don't know that stuff, right? But I'm pretty sure you do learn that stuff to get like certified and all of that stuff. Um, but like when you go to those classes, then it's like, okay, you may be participating in that because when you go to yoga classes specifically, it's specific to flow in a, in a particular certain uh, way, um, which then in turn turns it into worship of this demon. That is my final answer. And I think they, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, because I've actually never physically gone to a yoga class. But if I'm not wrong, I believe, aren't they speaking things particularly? They are. So, yes. so I think that's and meditation. meditation. Yeah, they speak things over you as well. So I think that's another implication along with the, the, the structure of it. Just do your research, guys. Do your research before you guys, you know, submit yourself to certain things. Just research it. My question is, you know, how it says what the enemy meant for evil, like God made for good and how God is all powerful. Do you think that God can use something, um, for instance, such as yoga? Um, In that spiritual warfare book I was um, reading, they said something about even like the martial arts and like the basis of that and like Taekwondo and like karate and like how those came out of an occult movement of stuff. Do you think that God can even use those things um, for his glory if it's not supposed to be touched by believers? It's some, it's different if we're doing something when, before we come to know Christ and we're ignorant, right? If your parents put you in, like, like you said, the karate classes or did, had all this stuff before you were enveloped in Christ and stuff like that. Yeah. God can use it for your, your good. Right. Right now, you know how to fight. Hey, right. Like, cool. You know, if you do a movie or something, you got those skills on your belt. Right. Hey, but I think also like, again, what are we endorsing to, right? Because again, I always go back to this. There's a sanction of believers that you're assigned to, right? So they're watching what you're doing. They're looking up to you, right? So if you're like posting, you're like going to my yoga class, you know, get in that, you know, namaste, hallelujah, whatever, right? You know what I mean? If you're, you know, they watch that stuff. And again, you may unintentionally be telling them that it's okay when they don't know how to communicate with the Holy Spirit yet, right? Now, again, it's not necessarily our job, but we should be con- like, should, you know, because, but we have to understand that we are representatives of Christ. And so again, people are watching, right? And we want to be cognitive of what we're endorsing or what we're submitting. So if I, again, when I was ignorant to it, when I was posting, right? Or if I said, you know, Taurus gang or something like that, I'm endorsing astrology. I'm telling whatever, you know, Christian who was looking up to me that astrology is okay, right? I'm missing mystical things that are untrue to God with things that are true, right? So again, so just being aware again too, like if you're doing something and God hasn't given you the conviction, ask him and see, you know, before you may be trying to post it on social media or, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. How do we as believers combat demonic footholds on social media and in our day-to-day life? So for me, um, one thing that I've really, uh, have become more disciplined at is, uh, taking breaks from social media. Another thing that I do is like, as I'm scrolling through my feed, whenever that is, is I really look at, begin to look at the people that I'm following. 
and I look at them and I'm like, okay, why am I following you? Um, and that goes into uh, purpose because if you're just following people for the sake of, this is someone that I knew years ago. And while that's, that's cool, it all depends on who it is. Because if that person is someone that you knew years ago, but all throughout their, their profile and their feed, it's like stuff that, that gives off that, that um, toxic and negative energy, that would be the people that you would have to unfollow. Um, and that goes for anything like whatever social media that you, that you are uh, consuming, anything that you are watching. Um, it gets to the point where you have to cut out music uh, depending on who you are. Um, that's more so something that you have to pray about and seek God on to see like what you need to um, take out of your life. Uh, I agree exactly with what John said about we have to be good stewards over, you know, everything God has given us. And if we know something is unintentionally causing us to sin, you know what I mean? We have to be willing to remove certain obstacles. Obviously, we have social media and not every obstacle can be removed because of the way that the agenda in social media works and how the enemy uses it. So some things are unavoidable. But for the most part, like we can't control who we follow. You know what I mean? We can start to like things and certain things that can curate our feed to be a healthier environment for us, limiting the time on social media. And I have a scripture that I wanted to give as well um, to this because there's two Bible studies. I think that we actually talked about this. And um, this is Matthew 18, 7. What sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin. Temptations are inevitable, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? So if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand or one foot than to be thrown into eternal fire with both hands and feet. And if your eyes cause you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell aware that oh yeah so we're gonna stop there and i'm not saying like obviously literally gouge your eyes out it just means we have to stop looking at things like if you know a show let me just put it this way if you know kind of like john said if you know a tv show is sexually explicit right and you're choosing to watch it knowing that that show is sexually explicit you're causing yourself to stumble because you know the material that's in it right and you know that when people are creating that material when you see it your mind takes a screenshot you know what i mean especially if you're struggling with less right especially if you're getting over an addiction to pornography and you watch content that's curated with soft porn and stuff like that like we know in our heart especially with that guilt so we have to make the cognitive choice i'm not going to engage in this right same thing with social media if you know there's another person on social media who is constantly being blasphemous or if they're always posting about astro astrology and it's our job to follow the convictions that God has given us and being good stewards over those things as well and being like I'm not going to allow my spirit to uh I'm not going to cause myself to sin by following this person or con constantly following this I know before I learned as much as I did about astrology I follow an astrology page right and it was just all made up, random, uh, you know, pretty, had like, you know, the little Barbies and brats and all them little things on it. And the thing is, though, that goes against God, right? 
right? Because if I start to believe these things, right, when I'm still learning about astrology and stuff like that, I'm starting to let this thing, and this is an agenda, I'm starting to let what they say about my zodiac sign tell me about myself. But that's not, I'm not my zodiac sign. I'm not what those things say about me. I'm what God says about me. So it's like, pluck out my eye. I need to unfollow that page. I need to unfollow that person. Making sure that my social media for me personally, I have followed a lot of people. Even if I didn't, I just asked God who to follow and who not to. I don't know who's saying something behind my back or when they go to page or they see me post or something like that. They're speaking curses over me. You know what I mean? Even if they're doing it in their heart and not actually with their mouths, you just don't know. And so it's like, God does it to protect us. And then following things that lift my spirit, following, you know, pastors that I like, if they have Instagram, following things that are posting on my timeline, inspiration and liking those things, because the more you like Instagram is curated so that whatever you like, you see more in your explore page and on your page. So if you're liking pictures of, you know, women, or you're liking pictures of zodiac signs or any of those things that's what your page is going to be right that's what they're going to continue to send and i'm not going to say that the enemy just stops attacking no he comes he still comes hard but it's our job to also like i'm going to remove the obstacles that i set in my own way literally what Teresa just said is perfect um one thing that i was talking to god today and you know i was just thinking about you know how far like I came and like, you know, cause you know, I used to deal with like a lot of, you know, different um, sins and stuff. And I was really just talking to God, like, wow, like you really brought me through like a lot of different things, whether it was lust or like, or like lying or like just a, a whole lot of stuff. And then um, in that moment, he was telling me to like, you have to still be very vigilant and you have to still be very um, intentional with your time. Um, and I think that relates to this as well, just because um, ultimately there was one thing that Holy Spirit told me that I that stuck with me even to right now. And I've been thinking about it all day. Um, but because ultimately this is a it's it's a it's a game in a sense. Right. Where you have God and you have the enemy. They're both after your soul. Right. And what the Holy Spirit told me is that when you're really sold out for God and you really just want to do the things of God and you're hungry for him and you want to learn more about him, the enemy knows that he can't just come very blatantly because it's easy for us to like be like, nah, that's not it. And so what the enemy does is he switches his tactics. And then the enemy is like, he understands that it, it now just became a game of inches, right? And so he's going to go inch by inch until he can get you to to turn away. So that looks like, you know, the one Instagram post here or the one TV show there. Right. Or the one little thing. And then he, what he wants to do is he wants to be under the radar enough to where that it builds up and it builds up and it builds up without uh, without it being checked um, or without it being noticed that much. Yeah. And so. Um, even even the I was just looking up the definition of malnourishment and it says a lack of proper nutrition, but it says that it's caused by not having enough to eat or not eating enough of the right things. And so I think a way that we obviously counter that is to be very intentional and spend more and more and more time in God, reading his word, praying, fasting all of those things that allow us to continue to get closer and deeper in alignment with what God has. Is everything is spiritual and we have to treat everything as such because everything is. The, the music that you listen to, the TV shows that you watch, 
you know, what you, what you allow your body to consume. Obviously we're consuming something, right. You know, even when we're talking to people, it's a spiritual transaction. You know what I mean? That's why it's so important to guard our spirit, right? We have to just be so conscientious to just guard our spirit from anything that uh, takes us away from God. You know what I mean? Any and everything. And we have to hate it. Honestly, like we have to hate things that take us away from God. If we don't hate it, then we play with it. You know what I mean? So it's like, we have to hate everything that is not of God because we know that it's going to draw us away and it's a way for the enemy to get in. And when we give him a foothold, when we give him that door, when we give him that window, you know what I mean? It doesn't hurt you now, but it's like a slow poison, right? The more you consume it, the more it kills you. All right, y'all. That concludes our episode of Godly Supernatural versus Divination. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And please, please, please be sure to tune in next week where we're going to be talking about witchcraft. We're going to be talking about familial spirits, shadowy figures. We're going to be getting really into the spiritual realm aspect and just kind of talking about stuff there. So be sure to tune in to make sure that you're learning, adding your opinion, all that stuff. Also, please, please, please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Kingdom Frame of Mind and our YouTube at Kingdom Frame of Mind. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, and interact with us. We want to get to know you. Our YouTube has more content, getting to know us, and much, much more coming soon. So be sure to follow us there. And without further ado, go ahead and tell the people where they can find and follow you guys. What's up, y'all? This is Devin. Follow me on IG at underscore fun design studios. Holla. Hey guys, this is John. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at by John Sharp Jr. This is your girl, Asia Monet, and you can follow me on IG and YouTube at the Asia Monet with two E's. Hey guys, once again, it is your girl, Alana L. Cooper Russ. And my Instagram is Alana L. Cooper Russ. And I also have a talk show called The Alana L. Cooper Show. It's on Instagram and on YouTube. Once again, I'm Jared Rice. And you guys can follow me on Instagram at Jared, that's J-A-H-R-E-D underscore Rice. That is R-I-C-E. My name is Rukia once again. And you guys can follow me at Rue underscore TV. Once again, that is R-U-E underscore TV. And lastly, you can find me, Teresa, on Instagram at Teresa Brianna Burleson.